This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles. I'm Arzu, and with me are Candace. This is the way. Maggie. Hello there. <laughs> and Norhal. Hello there. So we are here today to talk the entirety of Mando season three. Um, we initially made the decision to not go week to week early on because we're like, you know what? It's tiring. Like it takes a lot out of we you. Have and, like, shout out to anybody we have who celebration. We have celebration. We had celebration in the middle. Like shout out to anybody who had the energy to like podcast this week to week. And now in retrospect, that was probably a good idea because I can foresee the clowning that would have happened over the last seven weeks <laughs> only for us to then come here and talk about the finale. So instead, we're going to talk about the whole season. Um, <clears throat> kind of, I guess, a content warning ahead of time. Although if you follow any of us on social media, I think you know where we land. We range from meh to that was awful. So if that's not your vibe, that's not something you want to hear, you've been warned. Although I do think you should stay. Wait, I think wait, wait, be wait. Funny. wait, wait, wait. I was meh about the finale. I like the season as a whole. I just want to. Yeah, yeah. We're meh on the finale. There. There's like. Yeah, but like. There were some strong. Por- this was my favorite season of The Mandalorian so far. My personal. Okay, then. Yeah. So we're going to. Okay. So we're going to get <laughs> so into There it. may be some divisive opinions amongst us as well. <laughs> well, um, I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't expect to have so much Bo-Katan in this season. Yes. I, I thought he was literally made, like yeah. the second, third the second lead. Character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second lead. Well, she's credited. Grogu, sorry, doesn't get a credit. No, but you're you're right. Like I think based solely on the trailer, I think I thought we were gonna see her pop up here and there as like a like a foil or anytime we need to be reminded of the Darksaber stuff, but I really didn't expect her to essentially become the co-lead starting with the second episode. So that was a nice surprise. Also, a nice surprise is they didn't like pull a Daenerys. From Thank Game of you. Like Norhal and I were really scared about. And like- that's the <laughs> problem because with season, how uh, Game of Thrones ended, I was like, as long as she doesn't die, I'm happy. But yeah, like Arsus said on her review, is like, uh, that's not healthy because you should, uh, you just expect something, a, a good. Uh, storyline not just okay as long as this character is not dead I'm happy though yeah but But that kind of shows where our like expectations were where we were like oh no this female character that we really like is going to be turned into this like mad woman yeah putting some Taylor Swift Swift, yes (laughs) (laughs) the Swifties are getting ready to go to the concert yes just a couple more weeks (laughs) It's fine. I'll sit up here and cry in Canada. Um, Could have gone. I, I expect lots of videos. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes, I do think putting a big focus on Bo-Katan was definitely a serious highlight, season highlight. Um, I also think having her kind of end the season triumphant was not something I was expecting. I think I was expecting yeah. things to get worse. <laughs> Katie Sackoff is just a joy. She's just I know. such she has such screen presence and I just I love her so much. And she like she really loves being in Star Wars, it seems, like in all the interviews and just like at, at celebration. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it was, I mean. She's re- fun to watch. Exactly. Too. And regardless of the, like, the controversy about the age of the character, I think, yeah, it was awesome that she got to play Bo-Katan in love action. Because she's yeah. such a good, like, she has such a good sci-fi screen presence, like Battlestar Galactica comes to mind. Like, she just does that so, so well. So the fact that they let her carry that over from animation to live action was great. And admittedly did help having one of your leads not have a helmet on all the time and not be a puppet. Yeah, imagine that. Isn't that shocking? Yeah. Imagine so, being, being able to see someone's face and watching the remote. And her expression. And, yeah, I love the little look she would give to Grogu. Like, mm-hmm. little comments and stuff like that. That just, like, those were, like, these tiny little moments that, like, I'm not sure if we're in the script or was something Katie did that just made her character like so much more. I agree because actually it's something that she has mentioned before that when she went from voice acting to live action in this specific character, it was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know how her face moves and such. So, and again, I'm bringing Daenerys again, but it gives me this, when you see her in uh, Katie, she's really expressive with her face. And see how she schools her her uh, reactions as Bo-Katan is, is awesome. And that's something that, for example, yeah, same with Daenerys and Amelia Clark. That that tells you the, the, the ability to adapt to the personality of a character, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. There was just that small moment in the foundling when, yeah, she has her helmet on pretty much the entire episode. Except when she's eating. And it's when she's alone in the fire. And there's just there's just somber look on her face like she's like i miss being around people like especially with families like eating together is such a big thing it's such a social activity that i was like i could just i put that together just by looking at her face and that's just you know katie's acting which yeah like again imagine being able to see somebody acting with only their face and no words yeah, that's why uh, that. I re- I remember when uh, we had the episode that when she was taken into the covert, like, yeah, you're you're redeemed too. And it's like, did I ask? <laughs> she's like, what? But also it's like, it's like a- we were waiting like, no, you are if, if Dan if could follow someone to live a helmetless life you would be a good model of there's another type of Mandalorians not to you to join him and wear a helmet all the time. So I I think I said this in like my like really short video is nonverbal communication is amazing. You can do a script with absolutely no words, but you has to be able to see what those characters are feeling face wise. And sometimes the Mandalorian scripts can be a bit bare. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you have let's, to let's, make, let's let's say all the time. Every single <coughs> one of those scripts is incredibly bare. Yeah, sometimes it works for them, but it most often it does not. And and like, it's fine to overlook it. I think that like a lot of us overlook it because like there's a lot of other fun stuff in the episodes. But when you look at it and like what other people in the industry say when they look at it, they're like that dialogue is not great. Well, if you look at, I just rewatched the first two episodes and. Din is not a man of many words. And that does not help when you can't see his face. No, and no. This um, sort of loosely brings me to something I wanted to ask you guys because I've been thinking about this since yesterday. Um, 
like yesterday being when no it's two days ago time is meaningless but i've been thinking about this since i saw the finale um what is your thought on the way it ended specifically with the children of the watch kind of sticking to their ways because i feel very oh my god this ended. oh gosh okay this is my i'm gonna add to that okay are we are most of us just so traumatized by religious <laughs> things that we are just automatically suspect of any religious organization even if it's in fiction but i thought I they were ominous like i felt i don't ominous thing but that just might be personal i i don't I don't necessarily think that it's a personal thing because we know that the watch have done things that are unscrupulous in the past and give us reason to uh, question their motives and what their intentions are. And I think the way that they have purposefully and perhaps forgotten how they have framed the covert in the past um, and by extension, the armor who they have like purposefully made to be a very, um, interesting character like she doesn't have a name we Mm -hmm. know that there are uh, individuals who are part of you know the watch that she could be um and there's a lot of stuff to the way that they've they framed it that i don't think that any of us are wrong for having those feelings at all i don't think it's it's just like a personal thing i think it is it was the way that the scripts were written and then they abandoned that when they kind of changed gears i'm, I'm gonna make a bad comparison um this season made me think of the third season of once upon a time where they just kind of jumped the shark and started chasing ideas that they're like oh that's a really good idea and they kind of lost some of like the plot details that they had built up in the first two seasons in favor of like something else was that the neverland okay. season yeah yeah Oh, wait, this I, is well, more so maybe like season four, like Frozen-ish, okay. but like without bringing in like a, a a character in that way. But I could even argue that it's the same way of like chasing that goal of like now they're chasing this movie that they want to do. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so like they're not putting as much thought into this. And they're chasing Ahsoka. Like they're already focused on Ahsoka and doing that or, story. Or is it because Pedro wasn't available to show his face? So they're like, oh, we have to double down on the cult aspect so we can keep him with his helmet on and we can keep brendan playing him so brendan and latifia yeah that's i mean what i was thinking could possibly it be. didn't stop them in season two i mean yeah. they found a way to work around pedro's availability then and season one but it was I mean, so Pe- brief though that's the thing yeah. both those times are and, so brief and well and that what you mentioned about the us being suspicious about the the, the covert and the children of the watch is because their rules are kind of arbitrary because mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. uh at the beginning, we understood, like, no, we don't take our helmet in front of a living person. And that's why IG-11 is like, yeah, I'm not a living person. I'm a droid, mate. Take it off uh, to save your life. But then after, it's like, no, we don't remove the helmet at all. But then when he they eat, it's like, no, we go elsewhere by ourselves and everyone eats on, on their own. It's like, what's the real rule i mean and it's contradictory because they've already underscored the idea that the mandalorians should do anything to save a foundling yeah and him taking yes. his helmet off was to save a foundling so why isn't there like a clause i really feel like the armor is just making or, it up as you go like a cult leader like, like a, a cult, cult leader like a cult leader because my, you would know you would know candace it's like why what does that mean oh you oh. used to have a cult as oh, we learned okay. from your mother. 
Okay, let's oh. let me just like preface that just a little bit because also Norhal doesn't know the story. My mom went to London and Paris with us, and um, at one of the dinners, my mom, of course, likes to share embarrassing stories about me, <laughs> and apparently, I was so anti homework that I decided that it was now part of a religion, the religion according to Candace, that there was no homework. Like, we didn't believe in homework. So I started actually, like, getting kids in my class to join, and we would all wear the same yeah. color. And today, <laughs> we are known as the Geeky Waffle. Yes. We still don't believe in homework. Call. We don't believe in homework. You have to do your work at school. Okay, yeah, exactly. But, That's, okay, but, yeah, so... Bringing it back to the Mandalorian, my one my one issue with the way the Children of the Watch were framed this season is they come down pretty hard line in previous seasons where we do anything to save a foundling, but you took off your helmet to save a foundling, and that's a Except, bridge too far. You're Except. not a part of the group anymore. Yeah, Except and- he, the second time he took off the helmet wasn't to save him; it was just to say goodbye. But he right, to- but even but even then, like. Like, because there's absolutely no wiggle room, and she's like, you're an apostate, which is a really strong religious term. Like, this is not a word you throw around lightly. And, like, the the fact that she calls it everything about it is real. It it is so, it is, every aspect of Mandalorian is so coded in modern day religion Uh that it's it's hard to separate our feelings from it because it is purposefully framed. I mean, like, they baptize themselves. And also mm-hmm. it's arbitrary because the cult leader is like, okay, you remove your helmet, you're an apostate. And then Bo-Katan, no, you can walk both words, remove your helmet. It's like, literally was like, change your mind so fast. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's my issue with it prior to her Bo-Katan revelation, because I have a thought about that. Prior to this, the idea was any deviation from this rule means you are no longer a part of this group, which is horrifying to contemplate just in terms of any society right. of like being failure to stick from your to the rules like that's to, traumatic like, to yeah like to literally cause family separation because you didn't adhere to the leader's rules is horrifying and then later she's like well Bo-Katan walks both paths and I'm like I get that now we're trying to make a, a comment about like choice of religion and how like within a sect like some people are more I guess practicing than others some people are more quote-unquote orthodox than others but I'm like but this statement comes two episodes after failure to adhere to my rules means you can never see your community again and I'm like this is such an abrupt about face and I don't know where it came from I wish that I wish we could have seen Den's reaction to that we got nothing he's just standing there he doesn't like tilt his head there's nothing and I'm like if I was Den I'd be like kidding me and especially after they they, uh he saved them from that monster that attacked the right yeah it's like or is it because or is the commentary on how rich people white people can get more away with things and higher in the religion like i don't want to bring in a certain celebrity um religion that you know a lot of people in florida nearby me are in uh but the people on the upper levels of whatever religion i'm talking about that are rich and donate a lot and can bring in other members don't have to do exactly everything oh but din is like so so is the mandalorian movie going to be called going clear I hope not. I mean, I don't. I don't think they've thought of it that Maggie, far. Maggie, I'm trying ahead. to be subtle. <laughs> I'm 
just talking about, you know, showing your face. <laughs> I, I feel like if you wanted to make some sort of, you know, everybody within the group can practice their culture in a way that suits them, that we need to, like, explore this even a little bit. Okay. Like, even for a couple minutes. Because it all seems like, like you've all been saying, arbitrary because the armor is the one that decided that this is suddenly okay. Or is and, it that all religions are hypocritical? That's the statement, which is true. And and again, I don't think they're smart enough to have considered any of this. I don't think that's intentional. No, no, that's because, the no. because they, but Bernie that's what much, I thought it was at first. It, I was it, like, it lets the fans to do the legwork of the analysis. That's the thing. Which, yeah. like, I, I'm all for some analysis. I love some analysis. I got degrees in analysis. But same. When the text, like, gives you nothing or very little, or alternatively, is yeah. unintentionally <laughs> contradictory. If it's intentionally contradictory, then we've got unreliable narrator, then that becomes really interesting. But when it's unintentionally contradictory, that's when I start to, like, wonder what the writer's interest and focus was because it clearly wasn't what I thought it was like two episodes ago. I'm still halfway convinced that John Favreau was like, hey, I'm really busy. I'm just gonna use like chat GBT to write this script. <laughs> oh my god. Because not to jump ahead to the finale, but didn't Jarian says good job like four times? And I was trying to figure out if it was the fact that like John just couldn't think of something else to say, or if they only had Pedro to say the line like one time, so they just they kept reusing it. it. Uh, but I was like, this no, no, is no, no, no. this is Sorry. like the first draft of no, it's like a, no, it's like a first draft of a script. That's what it is. I'm like, this is like nobody else has looked at this to be like, oh, we can't say this three times in a row. That's why you ha should have a writer's room. <sighs> thank Which, you, thank you for for that beautiful segue. Um, the value of having more than one person write the episodes. I don't remember which one Dave Filoni's episode was off the top of my head, but I remember it surprised me. Oh, it was the Order 66 yeah. one. Order 66, yeah. But it's always Order 66 me. with him. Is it? Yeah, the I'm family? like, it's Order 66 or it's Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. That one, like, like the, the rules around the foundling stuff surprised me. Like, like, I mean, didn't surprise me, confused me, but like the content of it surprised me in like how far his live action writing has come uh -huh. and my favorite episode of the season the episode before noah clore's episode the convert was the best episode of the season and i'm not just saying that because dr pershing was in it although that is a big reason why i'm saying that but um like it picked an idea this idea of like what the new republic is doing to former imperials like in terms of this amnesty program that we then see come back later and kind of the ins and outs of that and the upside to it, but also like the severe pitfalls of it. And it like just fit in so well with where we know the New Republic is going. It had ties to like the Aftermath trilogy and like the whole we can't condemn them all. Let's try to forgive them. And then into Bloodline and how the First Order came to be because like the New Republic just kind of put their fingers in their ears and said, I can't hear it. I can't see it. Therefore, it's not happening. Like. It was such a good intentional episode that then, like, anything without that intentionality, like, I thought that the next week I was just kind of searching for that high and that's why it never came quite came back. But I kept, like, looking for that kind of intentional moment again and just not finding it. 
Yeah, and now that you mentioned in the next one, in the foundling, I think there was another missed opportunity because whenever we saw the armorer using the forge, we had flashbacks both for Gro- for Dan in Dan, season, yeah, one, season one and in season three for Grogu. And you have another saying with that, like another case with Bo-Katan when she's doing the pauldron. And it's like, I mean, that was a perfect moment to have a flashback and to bring Satine or yeah, like say her name, Dave Filoni. Which is super weird, like, because Dave Filoni is involved in this show, it's super weird how little of Dave Filoni's other show got mentioned Made when it into it's relevant. Yeah. You also think since John Favreau's character, pre was so big with, like, the Satine and arc of it all, too. Yeah, like, Which why, I know voice why? actors don't know the whole script, obviously, but I'm, I'm hoping you saw it. I bet John Favreau knows something. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. However, in retrospect, maybe not. Yeah, like and, I get, I get that like, he doesn't maybe know the ins and outs of the Clone Wars plots, but Dave does. Dave's an executive producer, exactly. And I, I could to... understand. Well, no, so go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say. I have to say, I am surprised at Dave Filoni's growth in this. I don't want to like put eggs in my basket, but I think that I'm a little bit hopeful that the writing on Ahsoka might be better because like I enjoyed his writing in the Clone Wars. I just felt like it didn't translate very well into live action the first couple of times that we saw it. But I have to say at at Star Wars Celebration on the press line, he was talking about the fact that he and his wife had been watching a lot of like a bunch of mystery series, like three different shows he, he named. And I find that the best writing can be gleaned from mysteries because those shows have to be airtight, especially the British ones, because their fans are going to not let the shows like survive if the writing isn't good. And so I'm hoping that he took this like time in the pandemic at home binging things to like really hone his craft and seeing how stories come together. And that like Mm -hmm. that gave me a lot of hope for Ahsoka and seeing that he does seem like he's grown a little with this show which admittedly was filmed a while ago, gives me hope that he as a creative may not be like John Favreau because John's well, writing is constantly lacking. Just saying that Dave didn't write too much of the Clone Wars. He was more True. like the... He was the uh, idea guy. Idea he was guy. The, which is good because that's what he needs to be for Ahsoka. And, yeah. you know, yeah, being I, the person who... But what he did write in Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the season seven stuff. Was yes. Good. Like yeah. that, that Mandal- the Siege of Mandalore arc. Kisses, and that's right. an arc people consistently cite as being a really good arc. Yeah, yeah, the writing that was the great. exact arc I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that was ex- Dave. And, so. and it's kind of frustrating a little bit that okay, I could understand and Obi Wan Kenobi, they they uh, Dave was not directly involved that we didn't have even a mention of Satine, but here is her sister. Is like I don't know if they're so scared of like scaring away the people who are just watching live action by having too much information. But the thing is, Bo-Katan mentioned her father. They yes. could have just said, my sister. I think part of the issue is, like, if, if their logic is we don't want to scare away people who aren't watching the animation, therefore we're not going to do things like mention Satine, Ahsoka, I know they say you can just go in and watch Ahsoka. I know that's the, that's the party line. That's what everybody maintains. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to do. But so much of Ahsoka, just from what we've seen in the trailer, 
hinges on you being at least somewhat familiar with rebels like who the characters are where they are why we care a lot of that like so if you're putting that much faith in in your idea that this cartoon stuff is going to translate to live action as a concept you can name drop Bo-Katan's sister controversially I loved the Shadow Council scene. However, people who did not read the books or are not like the four of us, mm -hmm. specifically two of us who lost our minds over Brindle Hux. Brindle Hux. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew who well, he was, but I wasn't I wasn't losing my mind. By yeah, you, I was like, that's why I left you out of that one, Candace. I know you know who he was, but I know you weren't like, oh my God, in, like, in the same degree. But I'm just saying, like, that right there required a, a depth of knowledge across multiple different mediums that a Satine reference would not require. Like, that is literally a Google search away. Super easy. You don't have to, like, glean who a character is if she just mentions that or, she has a sister. Yeah. Like, or, yes, yeah, just that she had a sister, just like she had a father. Yeah. We don't know anything in the canon, in yeah. this current canon, about Bo-Katan's father. I mean, I'm um, not asking for a flashback with using Kate Blanchett. It's just <laughs> She's too old now. I'm sorry. Listen, if they can make Mark Hamill into a 19-year-old zombie that was that can take some of Kate Hamill. Blanchett's wrinkles away. Or the age okay. Harrison Ford for Indiana Jones. But I would like to say that oh fuck, what was it? <laughs> I would like um, to say oh we'll fuck. start that thought again. <laughs> no, it was also the guy from the Thrawn books too. Yeah. Um, Admiral um, no, Haley, yeah, Haley. Which again, you didn't need the, to know. Just the, need... the legends. The he EU was the legends. He was only the EU. He's not in the. Yeah, no, but he was in Rebels. Okay. He was in Rebels. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. But okay, so you didn't need to know that this guy was in these books or in the in the Rebels. You just needed to know that he was simping for Thrawn. You know, that's it. And you got it know. from that quick combo. What I'm concerned about now, like with this, with the Shadow Council specifically, is because they're talking about like Grand Admiral Thrawn, we're like, okay, we know Thrawn is coming in Ahsoka, therefore this Shadow Council might come back and these people might be relevant then. And I'm like, at that point, how much prior knowledge becomes necessary? I'm hoping none, like just for, for the purposes of other people watching, because like we know who these people are, we know why they matter. Like on a depth level, like Brendel Hux's presence, meaning like the First Order is rising in the background. Like we know why this is important, mm -hmm. but how easily is that going to get conveyed to the audience? And I hate to say this also, as much as I love the Shadow Council, it is kind of weird to start off an episode with like an eight-minute scene of exposition, a Zoom call. Yeah, it. I I've heard from a lot of people that that was weird. <laughs> yeah, my my brother keeps calling it the Zoom call. Zoom well, up. that was the thing is that we only got Moff Gideon at the end. Episodes. Yeah. And he has to like give a quick recap about what he's been <laughs> up to. Which if, if John Favreau, I, if this man could learn that you can have multiple characters focused on in one episode, I think the Mandalorian would do so much better. I think that's, a, yeah. that was something that I really enjoyed with, like the episode with uh, Dr. Pershing being focused on, even though it didn't exactly like switch back and forth through different things, there was a lot of variability in what you were seeing. So it flowed like a normal episode of television and not this like, we may only stick with these two characters and them going from point A to point B to point C. Like, 
a little bit of variety is the spice of life, as they say. And I think that could really benefit having had Moth pop up throughout it. And it's and knowing that The Mandalorian doesn't film each episode at a time, that they kind of film everything all at once, makes it even more confounding that they don't do that. Because even if you only had the actor for like a couple of days, you could have them shoot multiple episodes that way because you're already doing that. So I don't understand why they don't mix things up rather than like this weird video game format that doesn't work. This is this is my question. Okay. I was thinking about this. Okay. So the Mandalorian first live action Star Wars TV show. Are are they playing it safe still? Because I understood season one and season two even playing it safe but now that we're at season three and we have multiple shows Uh i think season one played it very disconnected from larger star wars canon other than the odd connection here and there because it was the first live action series because it premiered the same day as disney plus and they're really trying to bring in an audience and i think that worked really well for season one because it did get that massive audience and then season two I think played it odd in that everything was like a backdoor pilot and really bringing in the canon, which, you know, Mm -hmm. worked for some people, didn't work for some people, but that was kind of their approach for season two. So I think they were trying to rein it back to that simplicity of season one, but you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. When you made Mando like this big galaxy shaking consequence show Mm-hmm. suddenly it can't be about this guy and his friends again when they are personally involved with people who are you know playing a role in the rise of the first order like you've done that now that's the story you have to tell so like if you're making Elia Kane you know Gideon spy in the new republic and Gideon is BFFs with Brendel Hux that has to pay off somehow if Pershing is working on cloning that Gideon is hiding from people, but that Brendel Hux is interested in, that's something you have to pay off. If Gideon is looking for Bo-Katan to take the Darksaber because he wants Mandalore and this has something to do with his cloning, you need to make that connection. Like it, it is officially too late for them to be like the safe episode of the week kind of show. Yeah, to regress to that. But I feel like they're trying to rein it in and I'm like, it's officially too far gone. Yeah. You yeah, can't like that anymore. So you need to just lean into the kind of show you've become. I understand that to a degree of like with Moff Gideon and the Imperial side. But like with Den now that Grogu's like, okay, I don't want to be a Jedi anymore. And I'm just being a Mandalorian. I understand that focus. But yeah, they should have had the Imperial stuff throughout the season more. Like we had Kane in that one episode. But, like, if they were going to make it about still Moff Gideon is the main threat and he is, like you said, cloning, then, yeah, they should have had it throughout the season. The thing is, and like, to- where – oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and also, like, to that, the fact that we had these weird offhanded references to, like, the Mandalorians broke Moff Gideon out of jail and then – spies when there was only one spy i know what plural means why didn't mm-hmm. why wasn't it just called the spy when it was just yeah. alaya like there feels like either a story that changed when they were already almost done or like something was dropped and that's the thing that like is i find really frustrating with the season is there's a lot of weird inconsistencies that just I, I think aren't going to age well because they're not going to follow up on them because there's already stuff from season one and season two that is feels like it's it's left in the dust like forget about it also mm-hmm. like I know 
Boba Fett, like Book of Boba Fett is like this weird, uh, I have so many things I could say about that, but I can't say okay. any of them online. Um, but like the fact that you had like that tag of, oh yes, Cobb Vanth lives and then Cobb Vanth never even showed up at all, uh-huh. like as a part. And, but then like also like the undoing, redoing, repeating some of the stuff that we already kind of got in the Book of Boba Fett Mando hijack. And like, it's it's weird. It's so weird so what was gonna say okay so i feel like just from pieces like i don't have any insider knowledge or anything but that the the finale was so short it was the shortest of the three seasons yeah. and also brendan shortest finale of the three seasons finale right? yes yes okay. it's the longest it's the longest season of the mandalorian by 12 minutes i did the math i made a graph of course you did because i wanted i need proof when i say things but anyway Brendan, again, who plays Den, the physical Den, <laughs> said that we weren't ready and it was like heartbreaking or something to that degree. So I think that also put some expectations on the finale for me personally. And also makes me think that maybe they made some, there were some alternative scenes or something. Like something yeah. different happened. Yeah. Because what was heartbreaking about the finale? Maybe the Doc Cypher, but. I don't think so. anybody is so, that. I'm going to put a pin in that because the last thing I want to say about. <laughs> no, I, I need help with that one because Arzu and I got in a text fight about it. <laughs> Listen, we're going to come back to that. There was some, lots of feelings about that one too. Yeah. What did I want to say about? That also, I just have to say, Brendan says a lot of things on there, teasing stuff that that for some reason, everybody picked up on that one. And I was like, y'all missed all the other ones where it was like, it's going to be so much fun. And then it wasn't. Okay. There seemed yeah. like some stuff was cut. Like, how did Grogu, he was on the other side with Bo-Katan and cut off. How did Grogu, yes. like, get oh, I'm to not, where Den was? It's not editing I'm worried about. It's not the editing. It's something no, to do with I, the plot. Okay, well, I just feel like there's there was some scenes missing because we have this cliffhanger of, like, oh, Den's going to go be interrogated. And yeah. Bo-Katan oh, and well, JK. others are separated. And then they're like, JK, actually, we couldn't get Pedro, so let's just, like, keep going. Yeah. And then a lot of theories were that, oh, the man flayer, oh, he's going to use the man flayer on, on, on uh, Dean and everyone was theorizing about Well, because logically they introduced this thing. So yeah. logic would demand it's And that's the thing that drove me crazy with everyone being really tongue in cheek and being like, well, if you didn't have your ex, it's not expectations no, to no. read a story for where it is going. But then again, I guess that's our mistake because the Mandalorian doesn't actually seem to know how scripts function and how our story flows. Kind of like forget. it just doesn't. My here's my, my here's mistake. Thing. I remember what I want to say. Was the final shot of this episode, which I know I'm jumping ahead, but the final shot of the season reads very much like a series finale. Yep. 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 Which, yep. 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 Which, as a concept, Din and Grogu in this cottage, they've left this kind of Mando covert thing as like a we'll go back and visit once in a while, but I want to go back to bounty hunting. I think is a good series ending for the two of them. That's what I would have wanted for the two of them. But when we have things like Gideon's potentially like the original still out there and that was a clone that died or like Gideon's whole cloning thing still being up in the air. The Mandalorian's not really having like, like all of this is stuff that I would buy for a season four. Like, okay, they're saving it for next season. But when you so definitively put a pin in Din's story and be like, he's done. I'm like, I'm not sure whether I it's, should believe that this is done or not. It's not that it's done. It's he's ready to be in New Republic stuff. That's he's what ready to be a cop. A cop. 
A contracted cop, <laughs> a contracted employee. But um, yeah, cop? he's exactly a civilian that they can get to do their dirty work in and the, not in the still a cop. Yeah, on the out on the outer rim. Still a cop. Because they don't want to go there. But anyway, they don't want to go there because those are the bad neighborhoods. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. The, but the hood. anyway, they're doing that because I think he's going to show up in Ahsoka. See, that sounds so bad when her, it's just her name, you know? If if Grogu shows up heart. on the Ahsoka show, I'm gonna lose my mind. Um, he's very cute, but I am gonna go maybe through. like mid season it'll just become the Mandalorian, and we'll get like the catch up plot for season four. Yeah, and like Luke Skywalker's that. there for some I reason. And... It lit, bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a goodbye. I, I have a nitpick now. with season, with episode two of this season, and I want you all to tell me Which one if i that? sound crazy so oh i like that Din goes what i like the episode of season i like season episode two i liked episode two i have one nitpick that doesn't okay. make sense okay. to me is it because he's stupid wait is episode it, two the one where he goes to tatooine which one does he go to tatooine no the first he one. goes yeah. to, no the he goes to tatooine one. in two really quickly in two. Yeah, okay. he goes yeah. he goes back and forth like an idiot <laughs> so when he goes like, to tatooine and talks to pelimoto and she's like, what brings you to town? Are you here to take out Boba Fett? Huh? I'm like, well, what I the know. hell happened with Boba Fett? They got into what, Why does he need <laughs> taking out? Like, maybe. And also, Din doesn't, and Din doesn't really acknowledge it either. I'm like, I'm also, like, y'all just saved the town together. Like, first of all, well, you that was saved the town together. Second of all, the only person taking out Boba Fett is Fennec when she takes him out for dinner. And like... <laughs> Why is she asking go, Boba's yeah, friend if he's here to take him out when the finale note for Boba was we're going to run this town better. Me, my wife, See, this is, this is the what fuzzy happened. uncle, and our four adopted children. Like, this is what happened. Uh, Din caught Boba kissing Finnick and was like, okay, I'm leaving then. That's what happened. I see. Oh, okay. Or like Boba fed Grogu too many sweets and he was up all night and threw up and like he's like, You're a bad uncle. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't he deal with this. He flew up. He flew up. He flew up. <laughs> but like but it's things but like that where like, I guess just... name dropping the... Boba Fett so the audience goes, Oh, Boba Fett. But like words mean things. Can Kelly just like not know what's happen. going on? Okay. Oh, but she was dating the, the Mayor Domo. At the end, Kelly was there. They were kind of hidden on. So hey. you it can't actually, tell the okay. friends. Okay, actually, here's the thing. It wasn't actually Pelly. It was a Pelly Moto clone. Everybody's actually clones, and Pelly, all the Pelly friends Petit? are between with all the, the clones. E? Yes, all of the clones are actually Petit. friends with each other, and you never know who's actually friends with each other because it's actually a clone. Oh my God, welcome to Clone Club. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um. Do we want to take on the dark saber? I'm pissed. Oh fuck! That was me enter. You know, pretending to be B two emu. I am B two emo about it. I am. I'm. I'm conflicted, but yeah, I I see the point, especially when you're talking about the relic, a thousand years relic made of Beskar. That they said so in Book of Boba Fett and the Return of the Mandalorian episode. <clears throat> and then uh, Gideon just crack it up like it was nothing. A soda can? Yeah. But it's he, like, I, I remember The Last Jedi 
all the force that Ray okay. and Kylo Ren took to break that the- scene. That scene was really big. Like, no, honey, we have the Last Jedi at home vibes. Like, I get what they were going for. Mm-hmm. I get. Do the you idea please the- illuminate? Yes. Please, the please idea share. is that Bo has been so fixated on this dark saber, and the idea is that she doesn't need it to win the day. I get that that is the intent. My problem is that up until five minutes ago, my time, however long it's been in the story, it mattered to her. It mattered to her to rally the Mandalorians with this symbol. It mattered to them. All of that. So then if you're going to break it immediately, fine. But that needs to affect her longer than 0.2 seconds. That's my problem with it. Yes, Candice, you're raising your hand. Thank you. Um, And the previous episode, Den tells her, like, I don't know what the hell this is. I just learned about it. This is not why I follow you. I follow you because of this, this, and this. And there's a look on her face again. This could just be Katie doing all the work for the script, you know, with her face and her acting. But, like, she's, like, accepted that she is more than just, you know, having the symbol she is not just like he had the mandalorian symbols is all that matters to them but the thing is you can see that she changed her mind she's been changing her mind since the episode two the heiress where she's like even invited din who's in a cult and she says it's a cult she's like you should join us because we need to stop fighting we need to join together and then the episode even when she insults boba she's like we shouldn't be fighting each other I think she, she changes her mind in terms of like groups and, and like fighting together, but yeah. it's changing her mind about what the dark saber means to her that I don't believe. I believe the rest of it of like changing her mind about like the group and about leading them and about her having what it takes. But if something has been that important to your culture, your entire life and that personally important to you for about a decade, if not longer, yeah. it takes more than three seconds to shake it off. Okay, and but it's so- also – but the thing is I feel like it's been growing since the beginning. The first episode where she asked – she's like, oh, Din, do you, do you still have the Darksaber? And she's like, yeah. She's like, why don't you just wave it around and you can rule them? Like she's like – realized that they abandoned her because of a stupid symbol. So but she's no, realized she, – She doesn't think it's a stupid symbol. She's like, well, you have the symbol, so you're in charge. And I didn't make it that point. way. Um, that's how I like well because when he puts it on her his belt at, mm-hmm. when they're in the mines like in episode I guess two yeah. the shot lingers from her eyes to the belt she's still thinking about the dark saber I think it was like just in the in the, not like oh. that Norhal <laughs> she's thinking about his dark saber well listen no but do you see what I'm saying like she like that is still an important symbol to her. So then when Din hands it over in episode six and the first thing she does is draw it and turn it on, it matters to her and it matters to the people she's leading. She wouldn't do it if it didn't matter. If they wanted to have the, I've changed my mind over the course of time, she'd be like, I don't need it. She would have to say that. If they, But again, like her having it and losing it at what she thinks is a critical moment and realizing the real dark saber is the friends we made along the way needs more than 0.2 seconds of thought but that's because what she's been saying. So... I think the entire time is that Mandalorians are stronger together. I think she, yes, she does say that, time. but she says that immediately after losing it. She doesn't have no, but she, a moment she says of that realizing it. But she says that throughout since 
her first appearance in the Mandalorian is that we're stronger together. She tells Din that. Mandalorian, right. so she also doesn't she? There's the also the whole bit that she she knows she's already won it the mm -hmm. entire time that Din still has it until he gives it to her because of what happened in the mines. In the mines. In the mines. Yeah. So like, and, and I don't know. It, it just feels inconsistent. It feels like they had like an idea, but they didn't know how to have it like formulate beyond. Okay, now it's gone. Now we're moving on. I think um, it's also has a point when she says that it's important. As as important for her as a as a symbol that she can overcome the the fact that her sister was killed with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's a lot of like destruction. And, like and there's a lot of like um, 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 unfolded trauma that, of course, the, the show is not going to be there, go there. But at the same time, yeah, she repeats a lot of Mandalorian stronger together. But it's kind of like, a, I don't know, motto mantra. I, I made but, a comparison on Twitter, but yeah. and she also might believe that. But that doesn't separate her belief that to lead the Mandalorians, you would need the Darksaber. And I do believe wholeheartedly that she can realize, no, that's not a correct assumption. Then you don't actually need the dark saber. Totally believe she can get there. I just think you don't get there in three seconds. Okay. Because there's but nothing like up to this point to indicate that she is changing her mind about this. Okay. So my thoughts is, okay, she, she sees the misothor. That's a, that's a sign. That's a sign to her constantly. Like, okay, I saw a live one. That's like the, what the first Mandalore saw. And they wrote it. That's a sign. Then the armorer tells her, you can walk both ways. And you're going to be the one to get our people back. So she's already acting like the leader without the Darksaber. But, so that that doesn't... But, but after that, she already she still knows at that point that she's technically won the Darksaber. That knowledge is there. Because the creature defeated Den. She took it off Den's body. She defeated the creature. Then she why knows, wasn't she like, Den, give me the Darksaber? Probably because she thought she's nice. She thought she's because she thought he was because she thought he was unconscious for most of that, and so yeah. she probably didn't want to have to have that conversation. But even like Axis, like why don't you fight him? And she's like, I don't want to fight him. You know, like she's willing to again, kick Axis' butt. <laughs> I don't think her desire that. to have all Mandalorians fight together is like necessarily interfering with her belief that to be the leader, she should wield the dark saber. Like her not wanting to fight her people doesn't mean she doesn't think she needs the dark saber. It's just, she doesn't want to fight her people. You know what I mean? Like the, the two are not related in that way. I like, again, I don't think it's a bad story point. I just think it wasn't acknowledged at all. Like not to make the last Jedi parallel that we've all been dancing around, but like, when the legacy saber snaps in half, everything about that fight changes. Yeah, because this we have this confrontation. Because with and like it, like it, it's paying off an earlier point where they are both doing the exact same thing, and the saber shoots past Kylo and into Rey's hand. Now they have both reached this level in their light, dark force battle strength thingy, where now. When they're reaching for it, they're equally as powerful in, in how it's working. So that has changed the dynamic of their relationship. That's changed the dynamic of this conflict. And that has an, in theory, has an effect on the story. Obviously, we just pretend it didn't happen in the next movie. But like, 
them ripping that in half ends their fight. They don't just get back up and like start throwing punches. You know what I mean? Whereas like this thing that has been the source of the entire fight between Gideon and Bo gets crumpled like a soda can and she's like, well, that's fine. And then socks him in the jar or whatever she actually winds up doing. Well, it's just no, like, what happens after I that been... though, what, what happens after that though is that she gets Grogu and Den help her and they work as a team to defeat Gideon. So, but all I'm saying is like a few moments of, oh my God, I've lost the Darksaber. Like a hesitation, a something to make me believe that this mattered to her at all. Cause I don't believe it. Like it, like he could have taken any blade from her, not the one she spent the last 10 years alternately wielding and feeling inadequate about. It just like, you can't convince me it matters to her when she's not acting like it mattered to her. Yeah. I, that's honestly, my problem. But the thing is like, I honestly don't think it mattered to her that much in season three after her people just like abandoned her because of the symbol and then she's also talking about fairy tales and how the mandalore mandalore isn't cursed like everyone's saying and all this kind of stuff and but that's bitterness that's you don't just get over it when all your friends leave you because you don't have the cool toy anymore you get bitter about it that she was this close to taking mandalore back and lost it because she lost that blade now she's Mm -hmm. like well that's the reason i lost is because i didn't have it and you then you see what uh uh, when that conf- when that uh, pledge from Din that she expresses that yeah the animosity between uh, the people I mean she's doubting on her uh, character as a leader and that's where Din comes up with that well all I know about that blade is what you told me but you can see there's some degree of importance and he she just mentioned that she everything that we speculated how she lost the saber to uh, Gideon, it was because she surrendered it in order to save the people. In that moment, I mean, it was like, never trust the Empire. Kind of give me vibes of A New Hope when Leia told, uh, yeah, the rebels are in Dantooine and they destroyed Aldran anyway. Even her surrendering it to Gideon and then her people dying anyway is something that should have like played into the loss because her giving up the dark saber thinking it was going to make things okay made it so much worse so her having it again to me communicates like based solely on the language of the show to me communicates that her having it again should to her represent seizing back the power gideon took from her and to have gideon once again destroy that should have some sort of have an emotional emotional resonance yeah like it's all it's all set up in the text. It's just again, it's not that this couldn't have played out in a believable way. It's just too fast. It's so fast. It's just it's abrupt. She, it was like she had already made up her mind that it didn't matter. Like, but that was not the case four minutes ago. No, the whole ending did. It was too, the whole ending was too fast. Yeah, they don't. Den, Grogu, and Bo don't have like a scene together. Really, they don't talk to each other. My mom at all. was like so confused because she was like, "What was this about? Like Den being like, I'm pledging myself to you, and then I'm not even going to be there for your 
crowning and also my mom didn't even realize that was her getting like becoming the the ruler of mandalore that whole like mandalore scene she's like i just thought oh, it was like weird like, little ritual yeah. yeah she's like i she's like that did not play out at all like that was important no and especially okay i'm going to put aside my chip in mind <laughs> and analyze okay this the see the all the the storyline i mean and and you see it from the eyes of grogu from the beginning on a chapter in this and the third episode he's sitting back with uh din and then at the end he's sitting on her lap it's like hey there's some degree of don't okay don't get romantic or stuff but there's some kind of companionship between the three yeah. of them and yeah, you they have a connection have... all three of them yeah and the whole thing is the three of them defeat gideon exactly too. and all of that is it's like literally you said this was the shortest finale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If By this finale had been like 10 minutes longer. Even six minutes longer. Like, like however much longer, it would have given us time to have Bo emotionally feel the loss of the Darksaber at all. Or even, even if discuss it. If they discussed it afterwards. Discuss it. Hesitate for Now, why seconds. would these characters talk? This is not a talkie. See, <laughs> the thing... Like, the thing is, even like do it for twenty seconds. Have an ending conversation with Din and with Grogu just there because he's yeah. not going to contribute. I like, mean, all it needed was her being like, "Good luck out there. Like, we're always here if you need us." Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. we'll see you again once you like go on your like travel. Like, Din doesn't talk to Grogu. He talks about Grogu to the armorer. Also, since when do the Mandalorians do? apprenticing and i'm like did he have a mat was he an apprentice did he have a mask what is this journey they're going on like they're lots of really fast and loose with the mandalorian yeah it feels a little bit like children of the death like they're weird yeah made off especially children of the death because i mean death watch they're death watch yeah yeah yeah. they are again they're watching a a lot of children die out there by dinosaur (laughs) Yeah. Freaking how many paths? How many have you lost? Uh, also, pass. Yeah. He sacrificed himself in the last Din, episode. Din interrupting Ragnar's anointing, baptism, whatever, to be like, I'm going to adopt this kid that's already kind of been my kid for two seasons. Paz from the grave was probably like, really, dude? Really? I'm not even cold. He's and like you're ruining my kids. He's like also, there's not even a lake monster to attack my kid during his baptism. Now it's dead. Also, like, when you know. when mm-hmm. Grogu and Ragnar were having their little fight on the beach, and Din's like, "Nah, my son can kick your son's ass," or like he said it in a not that way. Um, <laughs> and then Bo was like putting the little Darts. thing on Grogu's wrist, and she's like, "Don't worry, my dad was the same oh, when I was a kid." I'm like, yeah, okay, like, everybody has acknowledged that Grogu is Din's son. So yeah, she says. Yeah. And since, she says, okay. "You thought your dad was the only Mandalorian." She says, "Your yeah. kid." Yeah, she's yeah. like, "Both everyone but himself." Clan of two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, since when did the Mandalorians need parental a- approval from a foundling who is by nature an orphan? So my question is, how did Din ever become like? anything because his parents are dead i just maybe because they can confirm he's dead they're dead or something like we saw the bodies it's confirmed so the bodies but like they know this poor child was a jedi which means like double no parents it just it's 
the logic the uh, yeah and and like you said a little bit more exposition i mean hey okay also what i didn't like is that he had to adopt him because of a technicality because he wanted him to be apprentice not because he's like i love this kid he's my son i claim yeah. but, he, but we we but he we know he loves him because he adopted him like when grogu came back in book of boba fett yeah but like, like I feel it. like maybe like I know they probably wanted to save for the finale, but after he came back after the Living Waters, he'd be like, "Well, I'm one of you guys again, and now it's official. My kid's staying. Let's make him a Mandalore. Let's make him my kid." Well, I get I get the making him like officially an apprentice, and I think this is the one time where I'm like, we didn't need all that. Yeah. They could have cut that, but like I like I want to make him my apprentice. He's too young to speak the creed. They could have. I'm his that. father. That's it. Yeah, like end it there. Din already knows he can't talk to take the creed. Din's been a Mandalorian for a while. Like dum dum, I'm sure <laughs> should know these things. But also, I would have traded that scene for like Axe adopting Ragnar. There you go. Oh, that's yeah. cute. That would have been more because that would have been an emotionally satisfying. Because I, yeah. I already like have I really liked what they did with Axe and and um has and that but i would have loved to have seen that play out over a couple of episodes and not like suddenly happen and then suddenly get resolved like mm -hmm. i felt like it was really rushed for that episode and again if they figure out how to tell a story throughout multiple episodes instead of just kind of winging it this would be solved but i was like oh that would be really great now that he's an orphan if axe would take him on but no okay no. so this season felt like the shortest though even though it was the longest technically but the longest episode we had was the dark Dr. Pershing episode. Yeah. And as cool it was <laughs> to see all that, we needed we needed more time with Bo-Katan, Den. Especially since and the none of that was really followed up again at all throughout the like yeah. sure Aaliyah what shows was the up point again of, or whatever. Okay. I but like you could have established that. But what's the point what was the point of it? You could yeah, have established her me. as a spy in that one episode because you already knew that she worked on the ship. You already knew she was yeah. most likely up yeah. to no good. That could have been the Zoom call and that nobody would have needed explanation. The problem, I think, with the season is they have a lot of really good ideas. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good ideas. There's everything in the Percy episode. There's all of this familial stuff we're saying, like the past and axe dynamic and like mm -hmm. and maybe taking on Ragnar and like Bo-Katan and what it means to be a leader like there are so many good concepts in this season that then just get lost in the finale because the finale was like what 45 minutes and I swear 35 minutes of 42 it are minutes 42 minutes yeah so 32 minutes of it because it was only maybe 10 minutes of meaningful dialogue 32 minutes of it are things exploding Yep. Which I get it's Star Wars and not Star Conversations, but like if you if you set this much up, you need to wrap it up. Exactly. It's like and and there you can bring connectivity, a cohesivity on on for example, that we immediately go to Dean living with Grogu on his apprenticeship journey, but then we find out he's going to be doing some independent contractor service for the Repu New Republic. You could have tied that, like, okay, he's just going to stay in the outer rim, helping, uh, fighting like, the Imperial remnants to protect Mandalore. Because we saw on the previous episode, the Shadow Council were not that happy to hear Mandalore was going back, going back. And it's yeah. like the Shadow, the Shadow Council felt really like Nick Fury, like them trying to put that stuff in yeah. the MCU to make sure it tied all together. 
<laughs> the thing is, like, I'm going to use Andor as an example because we know Andor's getting another season, so I can, like, say this very concretely. But, like, I understand that certain things in a TV show from one season to the next can't, you can't resolve everything at the end of your season because then why are people going to come back? Mm-hmm. But, like, with Andor, you know, like, Bix was in Imperial Captivity and is now mentally unwell. By the end of the season, Bix is still mentally unwell, but she's no longer in Imperial Captivity. That problem has been solved. So the problem with this is, like, none of the big plot points except for the retaking of Mandalore were closed in, like, And a even that felt like way. it could have been an email because of how minor they played that. Despite that being a major theme throughout the season, it was literally, uh, like, I think it was a minute in total of footage and it was like no dialogue well they tied together the ig11 coming back and they tied together for why for what reason to sell another freaking toy or or... my theory is because they needs a babysitter oh my god (laughs) also i i do love i do love when somebody got replaced by a robot thank you beep boop beep bitch yeah, and also uh, I'm I'm but happy like... to see more. Uh, just just in the same uh, comment, I'm like to see uh, Elia Kane doing a great job. Uh, Katie, Katie O'Brien showing that you can have muscles and good acting. She's mm-hmm. she's great. Like her stuff was oh, oh. great. The only bad part all... about her is that she used to be a cop. Used in to real be. life. Used to, used and to she be. loved it. And she loved it. And I'm like, well, girl, I will pretend I do not see. <laughs> oh, one thing that got resolved is that Grogu finally got his chicken nuggets. Oh, he did. Oh, good. My, my, See, I, thought, I thought they were buffalo wings. scrambled eggs I'm for happy. brains, but I'm glad the gremlin got his chicken nuggets. <laughs> Sorry, that was so bitter. Oh, that was visceral. Come for me hello, like, hello, hello, Jared Brooke. Hello, Din Grogu. Din Grogu. Oh, my God. And don't Din get me started. Don't get me started on that. Freaking archive of her own Bullshit. shaking in their boots, changing the tags. No, because archive of her own pretends they don't see it. Archive of her own has to understand what's going on before they can implement it in the tags. And I don't think any soul no, it's on this planet, ass. John Favreau included, knows what the hell's going on there. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it could be a cult thing. But then, like, I was talking to MC, like, on Twitter. And she's like, what about Paz Vizzle? I'm like, never mind. And Sabine Wren and Bo- Ursa Wren. Satine Preet. and Satine Like, so we know it's not a last name thing. And here's the it's thing. Not- here's the thing. Before the people that come at me for being like, oh, maybe it's a different culture. Imperial Records have him down as Din Jaren Because when Moff Gideon shows up in the season finale and we finally learn his name in season one, he calls yeah. him Din Jaren. He does not call him Jaren Jin or like he. Also, I'm saying the cult leader making up the rules. Also, Bo-Katan calls her calls him Din. Like it's his everybody calls him Din. Like when they start yeah, calling him. Yeah. Them. yeah. Well, it would be weird so, if another Mandalorian's called him Mando, right? What do we think yes. happened? I mean, th- I feel like, again, this falls into the same category of John Favreau maybe not paying attention to what he's writing because there's that bit of dialogue, like three or four episodes, and I think where the armor implies that Den is the ward of Grogu instead of the other way around because it's it's worded incorrectly. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like it's just a which that one still confounds me because it's Emily okay. saying it under the armor. So they could have just dubbed it in when they realized it was wrong in post. But I, I don't know what happened. Okay. What if it's this? Okay. So the armor says you are now Dengrogu apprentice. What if it's like you're apprenticing with them so you only get their like first name? And then once you're awkward. like done, you get the last. Yeah, you get the last name. Grogu Jaren. Yeah. Okay, that's just me speculating wildly. I appreciate your optimism. Yeah, I'm optimistic and thinking that maybe it's going to be Grogu Jaren, Chris, but yeah, that's only me. (laughs) I know you were hoping that she was like, oh, adopt him too. Hey, I was not the only one. A lot of people in Tumblr is like, what? No, I, 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 of course... It took three seasons for this guy to claim the kid as his son. I mean, I like that everybody else did, but he didn't say it until this. Yeah, that's season. how like, Himbo yeah. we could, and we could just say boy trauma. He has trauma. He has trauma. I mean, understatement of the century. Yes. <laughs> I haven't found anyone who gives like a good reason. Like I've looked at like every site and Twitter about the it's, naming convention. It's yeah. because any angle you look at it from, there are like five examples of why that doesn't work. Like just based on other precedent. Oh my freaking God. Is it just because the Japanese do it? Probably. Yeah. But like and the nobody do else does this. Yeah. In Star Wars, like, nobody else does it. Yeah, I mean... That's the problem. Like, if you want to make the argument that the Mandalorians are Japanese, which I don't think anybody was implying up to this point... Mm -hmm. No, thank you, because they were the whitest people in the world in Clone Wars. First of all. Second of all, like, nobody else's name is like this. Exactly. So... I just pretend I do not hear it. it's It's just... Like okay, could, said. could the armorer forgot what Din Jaren's last name was and just <laughs> <went for it. laughs> Oh my god, like what's your last name? Oh Din. Din sounds good. Yeah, Din, Din Grogu. I the only thing I can think of is because Din Grogu sounds mildly less jarring than Grogu Jaren does. Maybe. S- slightly My, less marginally. Jaren? Jaren, yeah. <laughs> I think it sounds cute. Grogu Jaren, it's cute. But it's yeah. harder to say. Like that's the it's, only reason I can think of. Is it, it is for it toys? Is it for is toys? It of toys. I... You can put Grogu Jaren on the toys. That's not. No, but it's like like the kids to be able to say Dendu, Den Grogu. I'm gonna fight Patu. them. Patu. Not the kids. Fight a child. That's what I say. Anakin. Anakin, calm down. Oh my god. <laughs> Anakin didn't fight. Anakin won. Anyway, um, <laughs> there was no fight. There, there was, was no, no fight. fight. I'm gonna cut that out. So, um, <laughs> no, we keep that. that no, no, good. keep it. That's that's what sells for legal reasons. <laughs> I'm not going sounds. to fight a child. <laughs> we'll see if they start it. Your song is not yet written, Arzu. Oh my god! And you'll all I be mean, with me until it is. Yes, I'm, I just have to. I mean, these great sisters are so freaking lucky because they have been told that two of the best 
of my favorite quotes of Star Wars, if, if anything. Like, had you said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order and your son hasn't been written. I'll will serve you until it is. It's like, what? And by two extremely religious guys. <laughs> Honestly. They yeah, have a type. Religiously uh, repressed. Repressed The sisters are denied getting any because their boyfriends are too religious. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Variety was, was on something when they did that actors and actors with Pedro Pascal and Ewan McGregor. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Okay. We weren't that lucky. That for Waffles After Dark. But yeah, that's Waffles After Dark. I have some waffles questions. Waffles After Dark. Please um, okay. join our Patreon so, um, to get our Waffles After Dark. Starting at tiers start at $1. Yes. So final thoughts on the season. Yeah, I, I think mean, I just, I liked it because I'm such a big Clone Wars fan. And it like, and Rebels oh, and it Clone tied Wars-y. together this arc. And I just, I love Bo-Katan. I love her yeah. so I wish much. She, I wish she could have been in, in a better season. Oh, like yeah, there's I definitely was... things I wanted more, but because it was Katie and because she just owns that character. Yeah, well, I feel like yeah. season four is going to focus more on Bo than on Din, honestly. You think so? I hope it does. I do. Based yeah. on the oh, way thought... it ended, I feel like because so much of the plot, what's left over of the plot, so much of it is focused on that side of the story and not on Din's side, I feel like they're going to shift focus. I thought and they, they were going to be they've done already, with her. And they've already kind of said that, like, the well, if your option is between the person that started out who doesn't actually show up to show their face or the actress everybody loves that can show her face on screen, I feel like you will be inclined to try to go towards that that character and they've said like they've they've teased that like the mandalorian can be about all the mandalorians it's not just yeah. one mandalorian which is what gave me that impression as well i i feel okay. that um in my future i mean it's again it's not my chipping brain speaking but i think i mean grogu sells yeah so i, I mean so much exactly so maybe it's going to be like popping in and out. Yeah, I can see him like popping up. I just yeah. because Gideon's like Gideon's Close. clone thing is not resolved. So because it's so much more of a personal there's so many more personal stakes with Bokatan and Gideon uh-huh. than there are with like Din and Gideon. Like I feel like they're only they only dislike each other because they just happen to get involved. Not because mm-hmm. of like, yeah. actual personal well, stakes. If Gideon Well, I mean Grogu is the personal Grogu stakes. Again, yeah. 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 But like, so, I think. But they already got the much more, and they'd already got what they needed out of the kid. Technically, technically, he got. He had like the, ten pickles in the jar. Yeah, but if they were destroyed and yeah, somehow Brandel mm, Hawks got the heck of it. Well, maybe that's the focus then, is it's Bo and it's Gideon's thing, and then Gideon. She finds that Gideon's going after Din, and then that's where Din comes back in the story, and we can keep selling Grogu toys. Yeah. Yeah. Could we possibly get Pedro's face in this eventually? One shot. They would one, one shot. shot. Especially if the well, no, a spoiler. Well, like one for, scene. Spoilers for The Last of Us season two. Oh. Well, yeah. he's not gonna be in it. He's not well gonna no, they're gonna they they're gonna one. spread out the second game across seasons. So oh, crap. Yeah. oh they are? Yeah. yeah. They'll be busy. Because they don't want they don't want to lose their moneymaker. I was yeah. about to say, it was like yeah. that's gonna be 
but that's going to be hard to do because the majority of stuff that happens right at the beginning. Yeah. And like, here's the thing. I don't, I don't fault Pedro at all for wanting to do something like the last of us more because that's where he's he's going to get his potential Emmy nomination versus the Mandalorian. Mandalorian's never star Wars is never going to get the recognition that it should get. Um, and Closest so I don't fault Andor him at all for that. Globe, but like, yeah, that, that was, was the outlier. That was but a yeah. outlier. That um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't blame Pedro at all. The dude is deserves everything. He's like Agreed. all the opportunities he's finally getting. Like he's been in Hollywood so freaking long, and just like people are waking up on him now. You know, like get get that bank, get those roles that you're passionate about. But yeah. also maybe just go to like Pinewood Studio for a weekend or something, you yeah. know? That's what I'm thinking. If they can like, because we've got Ahsoka and then we've got a whole bunch of other things. And like Mando season four is so far out. Mm-hmm. We don't even know 100% that it's happening beyond do you, like offhand do you think comments. The, mm-hmm. Do you think the three-year hiatus hurt it? Like, yes, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because just, we were a captive audience you know, there wasn't, that was already like mostly made going into like the pandemic. So we were a captive audience that didn't have a lot of options options, and we were stir crazy and we were hungry for any sort of content that was new feeling and coming back. We were like, okay, well, we've already seen like what else Star Wars can do. And we've already seen what else these like actors can do on other projects and stuff. And I think that that did ultimately impact it. Yeah. I think it did. I really think they should have put the Book of Boba Fett season as a Mandalorian. Like, put I it under too. the Mandalorian seri- series. Like, the Mandalorian, the Book of Book Boba, of Boba Fett. Fett. Yes. Because yeah. I was trying to watch, like, like, the whole Din story, like, after, before season two. And I'm like, oh, wait. Let's go to those two episodes of Boba. No, three episodes of Boba Fett. And get all that done. But, yeah. 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 Oh. And also that something no that's a that's for waffles after dark no wow okay i can't wait no uh no just thinking that and that's a very valid point about the book of boba fett that uh for casuals who didn't watch the book of boba fett watching like the ending on season two of luke taking grogu away what they're back i mean so that that's my hope for season four that they end that Dean and Grogu on one side and Bo and the other, the other. Oh, it just looked like the grief in season one's like, I thought you were done. And he's like, he came back. It's a long story. He's like, Book of Boba Fett. I feel like when we eventually get season four, it's going to be like the season long lead up into Dave Filoni's movie. movie. Yes. Because that's that's what it's going to be because we have Ahsoka coming up soon. We have Skeleton Skeleton Crew. Crew coming up at some point which is like what has the pirates from mandalorian in it yes so that's like the same mandoverse stuff so we've got those two which are the only two i think in this time period that we have coming up yeah so by the time those are out we'll probably have a better idea of like when the next thing is but it's probably going to be that last season of mando because it's all building to Dave's movie, which, like, I don't remember where they said this. It was, like, one of those shareholder meetings or something. But, like, they were talking about the Mandoverse building up to some sort of movie event. Mm -hmm. It was was the big bad. It was right after season two. Okay, so 
and like it's building up to this thing where Thrawn is the big bad. If Thrawn's getting introduced now, you can only drag that out for so long. Yeah. Especially so. if you're going to find Ezra soon and Ezra's oh. probably going to know what's I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah. So I think it's like slowly winding down. Yeah. It's just a shame that if that's the case and season 4 is like the big build up that we don't really get a payoff on where Cobb, like what was up with Cobb Vanth, and we don't really get to see Boba and Fennec again. And yeah. we like all like hopefully the politics side of, of Mando and, pays off, but and, I can't say that for sure. Grogu had Boba and Fennec on speed dial. He was ready. He was and like, that's and that's one <laughs> very important thing about the finale. And I think again, what you guys said about having the expectations like, oh no. Uh, I don't know, uh, Luke or baby Ben Solo is going to appear or whatnot. Or having the yes. expectations. Yes, Ben Solo. Uh, or saying, okay, Boba and Dan and Fennec fought together. And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fight with you until the last end or whatnot. And then you would imagine, A, in his hour of need, Boba will, will help. I mean, it was not far-fetched to think that that would happen. And especially because it would also tear another wall from Bo-Katan Bo regarding Boba Fett. The, their, 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 their face of the hat where she called him a donor, a, a clone in his yeah. face. It would have been interesting to see. I mean, had they dragged the captivity of, of Mando longer or Dean, of Dean, like having her and Grogu ask for help. That would have worked. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people was, hey, you expected everyone up to Ahsoka to show up. No, but there were some characters that would have made sense. Yeah. I wanted Boba to hijack the last episode of Bando. Oh like payback and then just go about his business. Then it would have sweeped the floor with the Praetorian Girls. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Oh my God, I would have died. Okay, so alrighty then. Candace, where can everyone find you online? Um, best place for nerdy stuff is Twitter at Candace Ziggy. Maggie, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. And no, I did not pay for Twitter. I worked it. <laughs> Norhal, how about you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Norhal. You can see my link tree and different sites. And I'm on Twitter at Arzamin, no longer verified, but that's okay. Um, as a network, we are on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. We are on YouTube at the Geeky Waffle. Please like and subscribe over there. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Geeky Waffle. And that's where you will find our waffles after dark. So thank you all so much for listening. None of us can make sense of Din Grogu. And may the waffles be with you.